Friends, welcome to the Nick Scanner Show. Today on the show we have Mr. Roberts. How are you doing today, sir? Very well, thank you. So Mr. Roberts was um, someone that's introduced to me on my um, adventures in Telegram, and he runs this thing called No World Order Radio. Yes. And um, I just have to let this guy introduce himself because... Uh, I don't know, know know too much about him, but uh, I, just from what he's been talking about, he's quite a awake person, and um, I'm just going to hand it over to you and how you got involved in all the stuff you're doing. Well, I'm old, Nikos. As you can see, I'm fairly old. You've been so around the block a bit. It's been a long... <laughs> That's right. So, uh, so uh, you know, it's a it's a long path. It's a long, long path, but I guess it begins with uh, with uh, being in a household that was sort of uh, open to different ideas when I was young, and uh, I come from, uh, I guess, for want of a better word, artists that sort of made good, so there was a lot of sort of open expression. My house was sort of a commune in a way, I guess. But my uh, my dad was sort of right of center, and my mom was sort of left of center. So this was so there was no sort of specific agenda in the household, and uh, this was a, this was a sort of healthy. And uh, I went to public schools. I'm from New York, and then I went to university and studied in university. I studied uh, by just chance. I just sort of wasn't like I said, "Oh, I'm going to do this." I ended up. Uh, with a degree of philosophy, only because the professor, I liked the professor when I was a freshman. He seemed like he was a young guy, and he was very sort of, I sort of liked his attitude and his uh, ability to look at data and to sort of express how perhaps one should uh, look at data and to, to ascertain whether the data is correct or not. So that was, a, that was the start of my journey. And uh, I've always been associated with the theater. I was a a stage manager in New York City. And then I was programmed a festival, a very large festival, maybe the largest festival ever. I programmed the theater division of that. And that was, uh, that was the beginning of a sort of the second stage of awakening where I saw how different people did theater from around the world, which, of course, you can't do now, right, Nikos? No theater allowed now, man. It's no not church. essential, my friend. No, the, no, no that's, it's not essential. But in any event... Uh, this, I, I came across the Poles and their, uh, specifically Grotowski and his descendants, his, uh, uh, the people that followed him. And they were very, very in tune to the process. They saw the process as being important as, as much as the goal, as the final product, right? So they would spend five, ten years on a piece. And so when I was doing this festival, I had a chance. I went over there and I saw their work and I was sort of blown away because I'm, uh, 
you know, I'm a stage manager by trade, so I can't really get lost in a piece of work, right? Five years in really one piece of acting. In... Yeah, five piece, five years. Sheesh, before they five perform years. it? Before they perform it. That's crazy, man. I don't understand that. I mean, <laughs> well, movies, that, the rehearsal like five what times. They do. <laughs> well, what they did was they would study all different types of techniques from all over the world. And they would bring them to Poland, and they would adjust them. It wasn't like here's a play, okay? Now here's the author, the playwright. We're gonna we're gonna memorize these lines, and we're gonna do this two-hour play. No, we're gonna go all over the world. We're gonna study Balinese dance. We're gonna still study Tibetan throat singing. We're gonna study Suzuki. We're gonna study the gypsies in the mountains of Poland and Germ and uh, and uh, the Balkans. And we're gonna take these techniques, and we're gonna bring them back, and we'll start with a poem. They basically were like Olympic athletes, incredibly physically fit. But the bottom line is, uh, this was very different from my commercial theater experience in New York City, right? And in mounting large productions. So this, the point is that this was the beginning of a sort of awakening of how, uh, what to value maybe. Okay, so, uh, so yeah, it was uh, sort of a matter of value, right? What to value. So this was the beginning of a process of awakening. And I sort of studied that. I studied that and continued to study how, how you could team build with a group of artists to affect uh, positive action and how you could commune with an audience. Much different than Hollywood, man. You know what I mean? Much different than, you know, basically it was a socio-psychology, socio uh, environmental sort of exploration. Have you worked how, with Hollywood? How people can come together. Pardon me? Have you worked with Hollywood? Oh, uh, yes, I have. Mm. Yes. As an actor. As an actor. So I, yeah, basically I was a, a part of the, the whole system. I was a theater rat. I understood everything about theater. How to mount them, how to build them, how to perform in them, how to direct them, how to produce them. That's just my background. But this took me, more importantly, on another journey, which I'm, I'm describing. The journey was, look, how do people affect other people positively? And then this broadened out into beyond sort of culture. It broadened into uh, socioeconomic development in terms of uh, uh, sovereignty for different regions, sovereignty of food, sovereignty of energy, and then how do people and policymakers work together to try and uh, develop specific regions that are self-sufficient and sovereign. So it's sort of been, this is sort of the path that I've taken. And that, that took me to Nicaragua. And I spent four years in Nicaragua with three groups, the, the uh, Organic Farmers Union, the 30 Indigenous Nations of Nicaragua, and the Combatientes Historicos, which, who are the veterans. And the goal was to develop perhaps the first truly sustainable region in the world based on three pillars, organic agriculture, sovereign agriculture, sovereign energy, and culture. So And no, and no government. That's, that's sort of been my... Or, Pardon me? With government or, or independence or well, semi? Well, this was independent of the government. This was completely... This was going to the major policy leaders of country are three of the major policy leaders of the country right these three different organizations putting them together and coming up with an accord 
an agreement to work towards establishing a truly sustainable region. Mm. And that was quite a journey. That was a lot of bus rides. That was a lot of bus rides because in Nicaragua, you don't do things by email, right? You don't do things by the phone. You have to get on the bus and go and, and meet somebody. Somebody will say to you, okay, now we're going to go here. And you say, well, why are we going to go there? No, just, get, just, just come. Okay? Yeah. And this is a process of, of, of communication and developing trust, I guess, and developing uh, how, how it's possible for large groups to come together and work toward one goal for them for the citizens of a specific region, for sustainable regenerative action. But of course you know, Nikos, that this is impossible almost, right? Because nobody can be sovereign. You can't have a sovereign region. The entire sustainable, uh, uh, the sustainable industry, it's an industry like all the rest. It has nothing to do with citizens of specific people and of regions and helping them. It has everything to do with funneling the money up to the same status quo, to the same interests. Are there any so sovereign places on earth right that, now? Like, just free from any... Are there... Are, well, I don't know. It's a very good question. I don't know of any. I know of places that are close to it. You know? Close to it. Maybe some but, parts of Mexico. No. Some parts of Mexico, you know, there's there's parts of Nicaragua which are fairly sustainable. I mean, the part that we were working in was the northwest area, which is completely indigenous-owned, right? Community-owned. So, yeah, there are different areas. But, of course, the, the outside forces are always there. This area had a lot of wood, it has a lot of mining capabilities, it has incredible natural resources, so even if the indigenous nations own the resources, the outside world wants to come and rape and pillage it like they have for hundreds of years. So there's always this, always this issue of how do you deal with that. So we uh, met on this group called the DUD. Can you just explain what the DUD means and how you, why you formed it? Well, well, the, the dud is the hoax, right? We're in the middle of the most excruciating, murderous hoax on this, that's ever existed, being perpetrated by a group of uh, individuals, right, on the rest of us. It's a complete scam. It's a dud. Okay? It doesn't exist. The virus doesn't exist. It's never been isolated. Okay? It's a marketing plan. It's so, a, a marketing plan of the globalists. I've not read too much to, about this isolation. Um, can you explain what they mean by it can't be isolated? Because that just, I mean, I know there's like, there's mass spectrum. Never, no virus, no virus, Nikos, no virus has ever been isolated outside the body. They don't crawl on doorknobs. It's a complete fallacy. In fact, a German, a German scientist, a German uh, was awarded... Uh, in, in Germany, the court, the court uh, maintained that, no, it's never been proved that a virus exists. Viruses don't exist as the way that we've been taught. And the reason for that is because the Rockefellers, the Rockefellers instituted 
with their petrochemical industry, they instituted the entire medical industry as we know it, so that people would stop taking homeopathic em- uh, remedies, et cetera, which would, they've been doing for generations and years, hundreds of years. The entire medical system is a Rockefeller setup. So, so viruses I, don't exist. I mean, I, I and, thought that like, uh, half the biomass of the world was in viruses from from uh, an interview I've done before on a virologist, and um, you know, people have worked on like viral vectors for Ebola and that. I mean, I'm, 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 I mean, I'm, I did a biophysics degree. I'm not a biologist, ex, vi- virologist. So I mean, but to say that viruses don't exist. Uh, I'll have to research that more. It's it's not me. It's not me who says it. Okay? You just uh, take a look. It's never been isolated. Not without inserting it into other items. The theory is, the theory, this this is called germ theory, right? That there's all these deadly viruses running around. Okay, on doorknobs. It's a complete hoax. And actually, you mean, you mean the actual COVID no virus doesn't to, exist? You're not saying that no viruses exist? No, they, no viruses exist outside the body. Viruses, in quotation marks, don't exist. What they are are a reaction to poisons in your system. They're found inside the body, but they don't come from outside the body. They're a reaction to your system being poisoned. That's what they are. Now, don't take my word for it. Just simply, simply you got to research it yourself. Just like all these other issues, man, don't take my word for it. Don't take my word for it at all. What do I know? I'm just some guy in Uruguay, right? <laughs> I don't know anything. I thought for a long time, I thought for a long time that your vote mattered too, right? doesn't matter. Okay? But don't take my word for that. The fact that your vote does not matter, that both sides have been co-opted by one central committee, and that we're in the middle of a a massive, horrifying operation, which is just a culmination of generations of smaller operations that now lead to this moment. But don't take my word for it. Yeah, so when when this whole thing started with the virus back last year in, I think, May, sorry, March, April, May, June, July, August, I was pretty okay with the lockdowns and probably August as well. But as as we had this, this sort of second or third lockdown coming in, I'm starting to think more and more what's going on here. Is this something a bit strange? And I've been sort of watching this thing over the last year and pretty much the last month or two, I've just started to get more and more angry about the whole thing. Um, I've I've tried to be on the fence for the last six months or so, but just by watching and observing trends, I mean, I look at trends a lot. I'm on the stock market a lot. Um, I can notice patterns, and some of the patterns that I've seen that are really concerning me are basically the homogeneity of the world leadership and how they sound, and they're coming out of all these terms like build back better and... uh, the new normal and uh, this um, SDGs and Jenna 2030. Um, I'm I'm throwing a lot of words out here, so I'll try not to branch off as my mind can do that sometimes. But I mean, this whole Agenda 2030 thing is seems like why do we need a central organization making these policies for all the leaderships of the world to implement? Why can't just 
us as the UK make our own decisions on how we want to help people be sustainable and stuff like that? Why do we need, are we not clever enough to come up with policies that help the third world? Why do we need the UN or the, you know, the agenda 2030 to, to delegate the thought processes, you know? And um, another thing is basically half of the UK has been vaccinated now. And then Boris Johnson comes out and says, lockdown is the main uh, protection now. So basically all these people have exposed themselves to, I'm not, I won't say harm, I'm not that far into it yet. I'm saying unex, unknown risks, okay, with these MRA things. I'm not taking it. No one's making me take any vaccine. I will defend I will defend myself if they try that. No one's forcing me to do it. Um, I won't stop other people taking it. That's up to them. Um, but I'm just observing these patterns. You know, we have this sort of homogeneity of thought. We have this, you know, sort of changing terms on whether or not we need what's contributed to the reduction in numbers. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at right now. Well, uh, yeah, man, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a generational program of talking points, right? And it's about controlling the narrative in society. And how do you control the narrative? I mean, you're absolutely correct. You'll, you know, you'll, you'll, there are videos that show every uh, local broadcaster in the United States saying these same phrases. You know, this is based on talking points that are coming from a central committee. All sovereignty has been, has been blackmailed and bought away. The, the government officials are all bought or blackmailed. I don't think they're ignorant anymore. You know, yeah. I really don't think that they're ignorant anymore. I mean, if I'm if I'm I a leader of a country, I'm not going to go around saying slogans that other country leaders are doing because that's going to make me look like a copycat and unoriginal. I'm not saying the original is the best thing, but where is the independent words that the leaders are using? I mean, I don't see any leader standing up and saying, "Okay, maybe the guy in Brazil, maybe the guy in Italy, maybe the guy in Hungary." Um, uh, you know, I, I don't want to be a copycat. Wouldn't we want to be a copycat leader? And that just that's, it looks like a lot of leaders don't care about copying other leaders and what they say, slogans. And... Well, they all have the same talking point. They're given the same talking point. You're not, you're, these countries are not running themselves anymore. They're being run by an outside committee, a globalist committee. Okay, so they get the talking points, and, and these talking points have been stepped. For example, R2P, which we talked a little bit before we, you know, and getting prepared for this interview, you know, R2P, right to protect. This is a talking point to instill a policy, right, that democratic nations, right, democratic nations, in quotation marks, have the right to enter another country and get rid of their their leader if those democratic nations don't like what that leader's doing, right? And they put it under the auspices of, oh, there's a eminent risk of some type of uh, genocide, etc. So we can just go in this country, we, we want to go into this country, and we're going to take this leader out because he's killed a few people, and now uh, now we have to get rid of him. Yeah. But really what it is, is this country is not filling, is not fulfilling 
what we see is the way our globalist way. They're not getting in line. So that leader has to be taken out. And this is what was done in Libya. This is what was attempted in Syria. Okay. And this is this is right to protect. It's all about protecting fear as the narrative, as the as the as the way to control. It's just about control. And then they stepped it up. This narrative's then stepped up during the pandemic, which is what this is, a pandemic, the marketing. It's just a big marketing operation. That's why everybody has the same talking points. That's why every newscaster that's a mo- in the system has the same talking points. So one of the reasons okay, so yeah. it's more it's more about look we have the right not only do we have the right to protect uh, the people of different countries if we feel their leader is not doing the right thing not only that in fact in one of the lectures that I saw where this eminent uh, Canadian diplomat spoke to a university and said not only do we have the right to go into countries that we think or, or they're, they're killing their own people or we think they're going to kill their own people or whatever. Not only that, guess what? If, well, who's to say if these people don't abide, if this leader doesn't abide by, like you pointed out before, the Agenda 2030, don't ab- abide by our terms as respect to global warming, who's to say we can't go in there and take care of them too? Okay, this was, I heard this in my own ears. And at that point, the guy I was with and I, we, we couldn't wait to get out of the lecture. This is in a lecture at a university in Prince Edward Island given by a guy named Axworthy, who was the ex-foreign minister of Canada, ex-security uh, council representative for Canada, considered the global uh, analyst extraordinaire of Canada. And he's sitting there and he's beginning the narrative he's he's consolidating the narrative with the great minds of canada going from every university giving the same speech two weeks before Gaddafi, two months before Gaddafi, Gaddafi was sodomized in the street with a knife the greatest arab leader in the world was completely destroyed in the street while the intelligence agencies filmed it so that they could send it to assad to make sure assad would get on board Okay, so uh, this is how they roll, man. So they control the narrative in the academic world. So everybody goes along with it in order to protect what? To protect who? To protect their interests. Has nothing to do with protecting (laughs) the people of different countries, right? It has everything to do to protect their interests. And this is the same thing with the scandemic, scandemic, right? Grandma. We gotta we gotta wear a mask because of grandma. We gotta protect grandma. We have to give up all our rights to protect grandma. The talking points are there. So what they do is they the, this sort of progressive line of thinking, which has nothing to do with progressive towards our rights, or with decent sovereign food or sovereign energy for specific people of specific regions, and everything to do with protecting the interests of the globalists. That's all this is complete sham and they've stepped it generationally with different programs starting with the club of rome then the council of foreign relations and their voice piece uh, the uh, the magazine foreign affairs etc 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 and they slowly but surely you know make it seem normal that this is okay it's okay just to walk into another country and get rid of their leader we the democratic countries don't like that leader it's not about saving the people of that country it's about 
the fact that Gaddafi was going to do whatever he was going to do, and he was going to be a part of their banking system anymore, right? It's not about Syria going into uh, white helmets, which is a complete fraud. They're the ones blowing up the chemical weapons, not Assad, okay? Another lie, because Assad won't play ball in terms of the greater uh, Middle East project, all right? So this is just, and then we just move on to the scandemic. It's the same thing. We're going to protect grandma. Everybody has to lose their rights. Everybody has to be locked down in martial law because of a virus with a 99.75 survival rate that doesn't exist outside the body because no viruses exist outside the body. But because we've been taught from, you know, for hundreds of years that there's this, this specific medical theory, germ theory, you can see how it then just washes across. And now this is why it's most difficult, most difficult to get people to, to become aware of the entire operation. But if you look at it step by step, you can sort of see how it plays out. I think most people don't want to believe in I think most people are not willing to challenge the narrative because the alternative to their normalcy bias is basically they can't cope with it mentally. If there is, if all this was planned, then the people behind it don't have a one-year plan. They have a 50-year plan. So everything that has been, all the protests and anger has been anticipated. So the, the to accept this, basically is is in a sense you're you're accepting that your life will never be the same again and you'll never get it back the way it was before so that's why most people will not even entertain this this kind of thoughts you know um well yeah it's scary right it's scary to be awake nikos right it's very scary to be awake it's more scary to be asleep, though, because you're running around wearing, wearing a mask, worrying that you're going to die and your kids are going to die from some virus that don't exist. Or if it exists, it's just the flu. And the flu itself is not a virus that's running around on the, on the doorknobs, but is a natural phenomenon that happens every winter season where the body excretes its poisons. Okay? That's what, that's what terrain theory is as opposed to germ theory. Okay, but don't take my word for it again. You know, take my word for it. Study it yourself. You know, what do I know? Yeah, I mean, it, it's. But what I things are quite. Convenient. I'm sorry, but what I do, what I do know, is this: is that there, that the entire operation that we're seeing now is murdering people. Okay. They're murdering and dropping every day. And every day that these people do not stop, more and more people are murdered. And don't take my word on that either. Simply go to Facebook and look at the 60,000 people that are now in a group which are outlining the death, murder, and mayhem that's occurring each and every day that the government policyholders are aligned with this global committee of destruction who are in it simply to 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 take even more power it's not even about money anymore it's just they have all this money they don't need any more money it's just about power they're not well because obviously 
one of the most un- things that infuriated me the most was some some people like you no know, the Trundu he's sitting there last year talking about this great pandemic has given us an opportunity for you know all these goals and carbon reduction and stuff like this. How dare people use the word opportunity when it comes to this this virus? You know, I'm not I'm not of the mindset that the virus doesn't exist. Okay, but to to, to say that all this lockdowns and destruction and people dying of cancer because they can't get their cancer treated and not everything and depression and suicides. Um, several of my people I know have I've got had friends have committed suicide, um, and they call that they dare to use the word opportunity when it comes to these so-called goals you know like like look at this what happened to global warming this year we're still got ice on the roads almost and snow in ukraine last week two weeks ago there was snow there i was almost regretting changing my tires off the winter tires (laughs) (laughs) yeah well it's an opportunity for them man it's not an opportunity for you and i and your kids and your loved ones your family it's not an opportunity it's totally an an opportunity for them yeah I think right. power is a drug, and a lot of these people that are in power and they're basically coming out. They're basically unknown scientists, unknown people, right? Health professors, but they're. It's, this is their chance to shine, you know. Like I, just by my advice, I can shut down the nation and have my name on it. I'm famous, and I'm getting points with this NWO. You know, it's a power trip. They're basically, unknown people. Yeah, well, they they're described as midwits. Have you heard this expression, midwits? No. Well, it's it's the it, it's the professionals, right? professionals that grow up in these narratives whether it's a science narrative a medical narrative a journalistic narrative right they grow up in these narratives and those are the ones we look to to give us our information but they're in, they're totally inculcated by a false narrative false premises and they're unable they're unable to awake from that you know we'll see somebody a scientist we'll see an incredibly bright I have a friend. It's, she's an old friend. She's a scientist, okay? And you'll see somebody like this, and they'll rationalize that they have to take the vaccine. And they'll say, I'm a scientist. I, I believe in the science, and I'm going to take the vac- vaccine, okay? They're going to jump in the pool that has no water in it, man. Why? Why are they going to? Because if they're a real, I'm not a scientist. I'm far from a scientist, but I can read, right? I can read all the available information possible, and then I can make an educated choice, okay? And you would suspect that a scientist that comes from science would read all the available information and come up with an educated decision before they jam themselves with highly destructive poison that's murdering and maiming all over the planet. But they don't. You see, they jump right into the pool with no water in it, man. Why? Because the thought of revising their web of beliefs, the narrative that they've lived their entire life, is more painful than jumping in the pool with no water in it. Does any of that make sense? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And it's extremely sad, man. It's extremely sad. It's terrifyingly sad to just watch it, okay? And this is the control. This is the inculcation. This is the whole progressive agenda, the global warming agenda. You know, this is just 
a whole world of progressives, the one people you think would be on the street next to you saying these destruction of our rights and these lockdowns and this martial law, this is outrageous, right? Your normal progressive human being, you'd think would be right next to you. But no, they're jumping in the pool with no water on it, in it. Mm. And they're calling you, uh, you, the person that does their own research and decides not to stick poison in yourself or your kids, they call you a, a, a lunatic. But even worse, even better, they call you a white supremacist, don't they, Nikos? Or they call you a Nazi. Or they call you an alt-righter. Or they call you any of, any of these terms, which has absolutely nothing to do with what we're talking about. <laughs> but everything to do with controlling the narrative. To keep us separated. Because that's what they want to do, man. They just want to keep us separated. This is the ultimate separation, the ultimate act of separation, right? People vaccinated, those not vaccinated. Before it was black, white, gay, straight, we're going to separate them. Look what they did in the United States, okay? This is what they do all over the world. Separate people so they can maintain control and continue to rape, rob, and pillage. But this is the ultimate act of separation now, right? It's the ultimate one. I'm seeing you either some, get vaxxed I'm, or you don't. I'm seeing some of the people that protested in the UK um, anti-racism demonstrations they're starting to side with the people that are anti-lockdown uh, and all this kind of stuff so at least this these sides hopefully will start to not fight each other um what, that came about with the with the murder of the girl right by the police uh, by the capital parliamentary police officer that's when the two groups started to get together bro and that's what's got to happen the two groups have got to get together. There's only one enemy. There's only one. One enemy. It ain't your brother down the street. It ain't your sister next door. It ain't your black uh, neighbor. It ain't your gay neighbor. Okay? It's just a cabal of very ill human beings. Okay? They're the enemy. And until the world gets together and stands up together and realizes that, we're in deep trouble. Yeah, it's so easy to get okay, angry so with your local police man or mask police, <laughs> even in the shop, or even angry with your politicians. But if you were to plan a whole pandemic, you would have to have it centralized and organized at the very top. So ultimately, there are, there are only a few people that really could pull this off. And they're so far removed up that... Um, then all, all we can see is those who are directly controlling our lives and enforcing policies that we don't agree with. So, I mean, it's not saying that people that are enforcing these policies are, are, are innocent. You know, you could talk about uh, all the German police and stuff back in World War Two, I and mean, people just following orders. Um, but we're just we're just um, seeing. Right for me, it's so annoying. Like the UK right now, it's really hard for me to travel there. We've got all these vaccines, right? And yet the policies are stricter than they were last year. It's you have to basically go and spend several hundred pounds on PCR tests, and um, just to go and visit family or work or see clients. Uh, but we have all these vaccines now, so why do we need these extra extra steps? It doesn't make any sense to me as just a logical person. They're always coming up with these new variants, the double Indian variant, variant, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's just, it's just a new variant every time when things are coming less and less. Uh, and you almost just see the patterns and like I, we've got Boris is opening up the UK now so people are all celebrating but I'm just looking at that and saying okay it's four months four months max the next variant's coming out and it's going to be locked down and um, then it's going to be vaccine passports 
trying to get that through in the EU. I don't see them backing down. I don't. I don't. I don't know what the solution is, mate. Um, apart from just public getting more and more angry, uh, because I just don't. I don't see this trend line changing without public resistance. Well, there there are pockets of resistance, right? There's pockets in the United States of resistance, and the United States is the one country they were most worried about, right? Because the United States is the last where the populace is armed, right? So there are pockets in the United States, the more conservative sections of the United States, which are resisting. And there, and the hoax, there was a great article in uh, Zero Hedge yesterday. A gentleman sort of outlined, I'll send it to you, outlined exactly why the hoax is not working in the United States in, in large regions. But places like Britain, Canada, New Zealand, Germany, you know, these places are totally, totally under martial law, basically. Now, Canada is basically under martial law. I didn't and this has all been, you know, in, I'm sorry, in, in Canada, they had the, from the prime minister's office in, I think it was November, October, 30%, there was a meeting, and a, there was a leaker, a whistleblower, who set out this document that sh showed the outline, the, the talking points for the next nine months. And they were scared to death when they saw it. Okay, which is all these these steps, these variants, what happens next before anything to do with science or how the thing would actually unfold in the real world. It's all been laid out. It's all a script. It's just a movie, man. It's a movie created by a bunch of producers. And I guess maybe that's one of the reasons that I sort of have always sort of. I don't know, been a little skeptical about things because I come from an industry of uh, of trying to make stuff up. Right. I come from an industry of uh, of uh, magic. Right. And so when I see magic, it's it's this is bullshit. This is just this. This is just a this is just a theater, just a just a movie. The whole thing's a movie created by a bunch of uh, of. Uh, I don't know, marketeers for a bunch of very rich, not very well people. Mm -hmm. OK, so, so let, let and Putin's main. Putin's main propaganda minister, the one that does all of Putin's work, is an ex-avant-garde theater uh, producer and director. I mean, he understands that, too. I mean, Hollywood is just a... It's completely pre-programmed for the last 30 years for this event right now. Okay, this is just... It's CIA, completely CIA operation, Hollywood. Uh, the intelligence agencies run the world, and they work not for the people of specific sovereign nations they work for this cabal and until the people understand that that this is the problem then we're we're going to be fighting ourselves and they love us fighting ourselves this is why black guys die in the street in front of uh, cops in minnesota right at the right moment when the hoax was just starting to smell very bad in the united states so up uh, some black guy dies in the street and now a bunch of uh Agent provocateurs start burning down Minneapolis, Minnesota. And the next thing you know, they've got Soros-funded uh, false flag operations all throughout the United States. And now we're not talking about the hoax and that there's total BS. We're talking about how black people and white people, blah, blah, blah. Yes, yeah, that's interesting. That's how they I, I, I never they thought about it that way, actually. Yeah. I just thought it was just a, a false, a, 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 a black swan event you know like there was just so much 
I mean, I've, I didn't, I've not watched the whole court case, so I, I can't say yes or no whether I'll let the jury decide. Um, yeah. So one of the reasons that I wanted to get on the show was I was very interested in this whole RTP reason to protect. And you were saying this Canadian foreign ex-foreign minister was was basically going around brainwashing all the universities in Canada for for some kind of military support. I guess commit, committing Canadian assets to to Libya is that is that what happened? No, he was trying to commit Canadian mines to going along with the policy submitted by the United Nations and the Club of Rome and the Council on Foreign Relations in order to you know in order to make sure that anybody that any nation in the planet that doesn't walk the line they can, we can just go in there and take them out the leaders but even more importantly but this was the most scariest thing about it because it was all about the global warming right because global warming is all about centralization right you can't eat meat cows fart you can't eat meat anymore get out of the country go to the cities become mapped and locked down so that was the second step in that lecture that really caught my attention which was like if these leaders of these countries don't get on board with the global warming uh, issue, well, who's to say, I mean, he really framed it literally like that because he said, who's to, uh, like a moral issue, you know, who's to say we can't go into those countries and get rid of those leaders? Are there any examples if of that? If you don't describe of that happening? Yeah. No, I don't think there's any examples of that happening. But what's the scary part is that he's instilling it in the minds of the academics and the political science students, mm -hmm. right? He's instilling the pool with no water in it. <laughs> okay. This is scary. This is how they control the narrative. They control the narrative in terms of medical systems or in terms of academic systems, and they control the narrative in terms of, of the, of the uh, uh, entertainment industry, right? This is what they do. They have to control all these separate sections, demographics, through their narrative. You know, hate speech, right? This is just, it's not about hate speech. It's not about stopping from one group of people hurting another group of people. It's about stopping people from talking about who's really executing the operations. The smaller psyops that lead to bigger psyops that lead, you know, Global warming is a bigger one, and now the scandemic is the end game one. Okay? It's just a stepping process. And they've been doing it for generations. And over time, you know, it's just sort of like when when the day that shall remain nameless that happened in New York, where they blew up those buildings, right? Okay. They said, Oh, you know, the the families you can't speak out against that day because you're going to hurt the hurt the uh, the uh, the senses of the family members that lost people. Okay, it's the same thing now. You got to wear a mask because you're going to hurt grandma. <laughs> we got to go into this country because they don't they don't abide by the global warming bullshit. It's all about protect and fear. It's all a complete and total lie. Okay complete and total lie. It's a complete narrative that's been in effect for many generations. And if we don't wake up real quick and get together and stop fighting each other and point exactly where the problem is coming from, well, we're going to be in deep trouble. They're going to be pulling your kids out and jabbing them, okay, with poison. 
You don't think I'm, you, I'm not an alarmist, man. I've watched these clowns for years. I'm not an alarmist. I'm telling you what's going to happen. That Doug Ford basically said it the other day. Premier of Ontario basically said it. And there was a, a, a young, listen, you got to understand about Canadians. Okay. Canadians are the most kindest, gentlest, most, you know, just bend over backward people on the planet. And they're very, very cool, very chill. There was a guy who listened to Doug Ford's speech. He put something up on BitChute because, of course, you can't put it on YouTube. And it was like, look, Mr. Ford, who's a crackhead, and it's probably got the, who knows what they've got on him. But he's a crackhead and he's, you know, whatever. He's like, look, dude, we know your game, man. And so, you know, if you think you're going to come to my house and, and inject my kids with poison, well, you got something else coming to you. Right. Also convenient was the false flag in Nova Scotia where they took all of the Canadians guns away a year ago. Right. I don't know if you're aware of that, Nikos. Right. No, not at all. Yeah, there was a false flag in Nova Scotia where a, uh, a guy went around and shot a bunch of people in an RCMP police car, RCMP, Royal Canadian Mounted Police car. Just went around and shot a bunch of people. And then the next day, the parliament, you know, two weeks later, okay, all you Canadians, you know, give up your guns. Same in New Zealand, right, with the mosque shooting. Uh-oh, that was enough. I've gone blank. Can you see me? I've got the gremlins again. Basically, we're, we're using this, not using Zoom today because we haven't been able to get the audio to work. So um, sometimes these things happen when uh, they just happen. Yeah, they, they happen, happen at very, randomly? very specific times they happen. They happen <laughs> when you're out the fact that these false flags that are committed by the Queen's Commonwealth Nations uh, police and intelligence agencies, that's when they happen, bro. That's when they happen. Okay, all right. That's exactly when it happened. There you go. There you go. All right. So guess what? New Zealanders don't have guns anymore. So when you come to your house to jab your children with poison, you don't have much uh, much choice, do you? Canada, when they come to your house to jab your children with poison, that are dropping people like flies every day, hundreds of them, thousands of them. You got to protect your family, man. That's it. Well, you, I, I, I think that, uh, is there a line, Nikos? Is there a line where you say uh, no with your neighbor to the government, which is really not the government, but a, bunch, a cabal of a few people with a few bucks that are sad souls? Of course, there's always a line. You look at history, you know, you look at the Germans, they're basically the greatest example. They, they never says this is the line, they just accepted it, right? And then they had... The Holocaust, and and Poland and Russia and millions died and and uh, UK meant thousands and died and and um, well the real Holocaust you know. really I mean the the greatest Holocaust was by the Bolsheviks, right? Fifty five million people murdered. Yeah, communism. Okay. Yeah, communism. That's what this is. Globalism. It's it's basically they're basically Bolsheviks. Okay, they're not Nazis. They're Bolsheviks. They're communists. Let's be clear about that too. Okay, they don't. It's not like some leader really wants their one country to to be great. Okay, for whatever reason. All right. 
No, it's a group of individuals that want to control the world. And they want all the assets under the guise, again, of being progressive to help other people, poor people, under the guise of this, uh, you know, we're going to give all our, our, our rights up to a central committee, right? That's the bottom line. So look at the... And uh, this is, this is, this how, is how, communism. How much have, been, have people been able to give to charity now after this, um, all these lockdowns? I mean, if we're doing all this stuff for the, the good of the SDGs and opportunity, but look at the, the economic output. Who has, who has the money to afford to pay, help feed people in Africa when they can hardly pay, pay rents themselves? It's complete hypocrisy to say that this is good for the, the sustainability. People don't have money to hardly feed themselves in the Western countries right now. Exactly. It's total hypocrisy because it's not true. They just want to feed themselves. But like I said before, they don't even care about the money anymore. They're just not well human beings, man. They want the power. Okay? That's all. It's as simple as that. So yeah. they're willing to... to and, and look, and, and many of them are Satanists, dude. Okay? They ascribe to something completely other than normal human beings, man. And we don't know, there's no sense of getting into the child trafficking and what they do with children and blah, blah, blah. That's up to your audience to go and research. If I tell you that, you're not, not going to believe me. I don't want you to believe me. I don't want you to believe a word I've said, okay? If somebody told me 10 years ago, 15 years ago, this is how it was going to play out, and these guys are a bunch of Satanists and they do this with children, they traffic children, I'd laugh at them and I'd tell you, look, dude, you know, F off. But you know what? It's absolutely true. Okay? So there's degrees of awakening. All right? Cool. And Let there's nobody's going to get you awake but you. And you have to you have to want to be awake. And if there's any time to get sort of think like maybe you should get awake is when they're coming to jab you with a poison which is going to maim and perhaps murder you. Okay? Maybe that's the time you better go and read the other literature from the alt-right in quotation marks. We're not alt-right. We're just people that want to look at the whole spectrum of possible information. Mm. That's all. Don't take my word for it. Don't take anyone's word for it. Go do your own research, man. And you don't have a lot of time. Yeah. Let me just restart the video so we can get this video back. Yeah, I'm, I'll call you back in a second. All right, bro. All right, so... um. As you sort of draw, draw near to an end here, um, it's been a fascinating conversation so far. Let's talk about what's going on with Russia and Putin, shall we? Okay. Yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about Putin. Let's talk about what he said at Davos. Nikos, are you familiar with what he said at Davos? It's like a conversation, the interview we had with, with Mr. Swab, right? Yes. I need to watch yes. it. I've not watched it yet. What Mr. Putin said in Davos basically was uh, he called Mr. Schwab out and he called the New World Order out by name, literally. And he said, look, uh, your, your scam to create a New World Order and the subsequent world reset, right? The Great Reset where you steal everybody's money and you destroy the middle class of every nation. Well, that's not going to work. Okay, you never had a new world order and you're never going to have one. Why? Because I say so. In January, this is what he said. All right. 
And the point of it is this, is that Putin, a couple of years before, when with the, with the Gaddafi fiasco, he went in front of the United Nations and he asked, the, you know, he was basically talking to the cabal. He said, hey, do you understand what you've done? You know, you've destroyed this country, Libya, uh, and you're attempting to do this in Syria now? Guess what? I'm not going to let it happen. So what did he do? He went in there and he uh, sent his military and he, his advisors and he sent his uh, equipment and he put an end to the uh, to the blatant part of the civil war that was happening there, which was not a civil war at all, which was a operation by the Clintons and the New World Order machine to destroy Assad because he wouldn't go along with their narrative. So he basically, he put his money where his mouth is and he put an end to that. And he's been watching very carefully what they're up to. So let's, let's, let's fast forward to what's happening now. A couple of months ago or six weeks ago, or he blew up, he blew up the, uh, the uh, oil refinery where, of course, the New World Order was, was stealing all the, uh, the oil from, uh, from Syrians. And... Uh, Okay, and that's a very dangerous thing, you know, he's doing. He's basically, it's, it appears he's, he's working for, um, he's working for his people. He's a nationalist. He's not a globalist, or it appears that way. And then, of course, what happens is then we have this whole issue in the Ukraine and Russia with the buildup, which is always meant to be, look like, the Russians are the ones that are trying to uh, instigate some type of uh, problem. When in fact, it's, the, it's not, it's, well, it's coming from the Ukrainians, but it's not the Ukrainians, because the Ukrainians are completely run by the New World Order. So, that's, you well, know... what makes you say that? Well, <laughs> the entire, uh, the entire, uh, the coups that occurred in the Ukraine were all facilitated by uh, Valerie Newland and her club of uh, globalists. Uh, this is what's going on, man. And so, and so it's not like the Ukrainian people, uh, all the Ukrainian people uh, are following in line with being aggressive and uh, prodding the great bear. In Crimea, in the Crimea, they all speak Russian. They consider themselves Russian. Okay? The people, many people on the border and those territories along the border, they consider themselves Russian. So this, of course, is never reported by the mainstream press. So the EU association agreement, um, I'm not too familiar with all the ins and outs of it, but this was basically promised by Yanukovych, and it was um, at the last minute, it was basically put on hold. And people in Ukraine, they're... You know, average salary is something like, I don't know, about 100 euros a month or 200 euros a month, something really low. And um, a lot of people were very disappointed and angry that this opportunity to go and work in the European Union and, and trade was denied them. And that's why people were angry. Okay, you know. and that's why, that's that's the reason for the, the uprising? Yes, yes. I mean, if you ask people in Ukraine, do you think America is controlling, <laughs> they'll, they'll probably laugh at you, you know, and they'll probably say, 
they'll say no we 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 do not like this this government and this corruption and we wanted to to work work inside the european union right well that's probably that's probably correct you know i mean you'll have different different opinions right you'll have the the people depending on where they're from what region they're from what their goals are uh, you know how you know what their associations are with the the system what levels you know they're they're all there'll be a, a varied sort of palette of responses to what actually happened in the ukraine i'm not i'm not denying Why? that america there are some reports that america produced funding um to, i'm not saying that didn't happen but maybe america is guilty and maybe it's the thing america's interest in ukraine that flipped in putin's mind um and i'm not i'm not saying putin's not responsible you know people people really don't like putin in ukraine and uh, in, a lot of Ukrainian soldiers have killed. I've got, I've got people I know that are fighting in the, in the Ukraine war. And um, uh, it's it's just, who knows, mate? Who knows? But I just, it's just so sad that Ukraine's in the middle of, of America and Russia right now. And... Um, I just, right. I just, yeah, I just don't want well, to see that, it. That, you know, why, why, did, why Ukraine? Pawn. You know, why, why do we have to be in the middle of all this? Why can't the well, New World Order and Russia sort out their stuff without going through Ukraine? You know. <laughs> well, well, yeah. There's always people that get in the way, right? I mean, they, as far as the New World Order is concerned, they're just in the way. They could care less about the Ukrainian people. They just want to. They want to keep Putin in check. That's sort of my point, I guess. They want to keep him in check and always on his toes because he knows what their game is and what they're trying to accomplish. I mean, a world where everyone is miserable, a world where the Great Reset actually comes to be, is not in the best interest of Soviet Union, the ex-Soviet Union. It's not. And he makes it clear. He says so himself. He sees himself, he sees the Russians see themselves as European. That's what he said to Schwab. We, we see ourselves as Europeans. We want to cooperate with the other nation states. We don't want to cooperate with the New World Order, who is destroying all these nation states, who is, who is imposing weaponized immigration and destroying all the cultures, the separate cultures in, in Europe. We're, we we don't go for that. We want to preserve our culture, and we want the other cultures in Europe to preserve their culture. We're not with the Soros-inspired weaponized immigration, and we're not with the destruction of the the social the socioeconomic structures within all these places. We're not for that. I'm not for that, and neither are the Russian people. So, he's he if if it's you know if. If his actions and his words are true, and what do I mean by that? If they're not some type of head fake and he's really with the New World Order too somehow, well then, you know, he's, he's upholding one of, one of the last countries that has the power to, to really make a difference against them, right? And he said it to him point blank. 
You've never had a new world order, and you're not going to have it. And I'm going to be sure. I'm going to make sure of it. And so far, he's kept his word to that. And the Ukrainians are just caught in the middle. And it's it's super sad. But just like the old people in the in the in the nursing homes are caught in the middle, right? The ones that are murdered daily. Okay, they're caught in the middle too. We're all caught in the middle. Some worse off than others. But if they have their way, everybody will be worse off. So I guess that's the I guess that's the point of what we're trying to do with the dud and, and no world order radio is simply outlined a separate perspective than what is being given. We're trying to normalize the truth, I guess, Nikos. The truth is normal. But the truth is the narrative tries to make the truth somehow not normal. Not only not normal, but if you adhere to a counter narrative, you're a whack job. Well, guess what? I'm no whack job. Okay? Mm -hmm. I'm not. And neither are the millions of other people that think along the same lines as we do. So the goal then is in order to put an end to this, is the people have to get awake, the ones that are willing to jump in the pool. Okay, yeah. even though they sort of know something's wrong, right? You ask anybody, they'll say to you, something's wrong. But because if you start thinking along these lines have been tied to a certain rightist thinking, the progressives in quotation marks don't even want to look at it. And this is extremely sad, and this has to end. It has to end quickly. Yeah. So that's what, that's what we're trying to do, man. We're just simply trying to give a different, a counter uh, perspective on what's happening. A counter perspective on Putin. A counter perspective on pandemic. A counter perspective on global warming. A counter perspective on what R2P really is. Okay? These things are all tied to a, a, a cabal who are dead fast, they're not fooling around. And they have to keep going, because if they don't keep going, well, they're going to be brought in front of a jury of their peers, aren't they? Yeah. Because there's a lot of death and mayhem going on. So they have to continue. So the point with Putin is, like Putin also pointed out at Davos, and this was his major point, beyond the fact that you're not going to get your new world order, we know, I know what you do What's going to happen when your hoax is, is up? You're going to try and start a war with me. Okay? He says it point blank. That's his main point in his speech at Davos. How did I miss that? Guess man? what, dude? You, gotta, you just take a look at it, man, and you should really spread it around. And, of course, of course, you'll never see it. It's the most important news of the past 20 years. But you'll never see it. You'll never see a speech anywhere. You'll never see that. I, I'll give an example. I posted this on an alt-right site. I posted the, I posted the video, and I posted the point in the video, the the timeline where he says it. And people people commented, like for example, look, I gave this to a friend of mine. I haven't really watched it, but I gave him. He told me it's all BS. Now I give them. This is supposedly people that are open-minded to perhaps this being the case. I give them the video, I tell them the timeline, and, they, and they, they want to debunk it without even watching it. So I go back and I say, hey, guess what? Go to this point in the video, and you'll see him say it. And guess what happened to me then, Nikos? What? I got tossed from the group. 
What? I got tossed from you the group. You got tossed out of an alt-right group. <laughs> That's correct. That's Are you correct. kidding me on? I'm <laughs> not. Boy. I, 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 I'm not kidding you, man. I got proof. I got people in the dud that will tell you that we're in both groups. In fact, I got people from that group came over to the dud because they were like, dude, that was outrageous that they tossed you out. You were just telling the truth. Okay, you see it runs deep. Well, some of these operations are controlled operations. So most of them, a lot of them are, right? Controlled ops. So they look like uh, alternative sites, just like these doctors look like, you know, alternative doctors. Or, but they're all controlled opposition. The David Ikes of the world, the, they're all controlled opposition because they have, what they won't do is they won't tell you who the real, who the real duds are, and they won't tell you that germ theory is a, is a hoax. So they'll tell you 90% like Alex Jones or all of these people. So you'll get into what you think is an alt-right, alt-right group or a conservative group or whatever you want to call them. These terms are terms of separation. But you get into one of these groups and you'll, you'll say that and they'll say, no, Putin is a Jew. He's a Zionist. He's with the New World Order. He's this and that. And I'm like, dudes, I don't know. But look at this and look at this. It seems like his actions his actions don't speak to what your opinion of him is his actions don't oh man they tossed me boom gone okay i just don't see why ukrainians have to suffer for for this proxy thing you know no the ukrainians shouldn't man your people shouldn't your wife's people shouldn't it's outrageous it's totally outrageous. There, there, there will not it's be horrifying. any... And, people in Ukraine will and, want anything that basically stops Putin from taking more land, you know? So, yeah. I don't know, I don't know what the well, end game is, mate. Well, you know, when, when we're done, when we're done with this, we will, you and I will spend some more time talking about that because I'd like to understand that perspective more, too. Okay? Yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to understand that more. Very much worth it. But we don't have to take up everybody's time trying for me to try to figure it out. Okay. Look, everything I've said with you today, let me let me let me say one thing. I was wrong for fifty years, forty years. I, I believed in a whole world that didn't exist. Okay. And I could be wrong now. All right. So every individual it really behooves you to please just go and, and, and take a hard look at your own web of beliefs. And it is painful in your web of beliefs. When you come to the wall in your web of beliefs where you're like, this does not compute. And when you come to that wall, your life changes in a big way. For every one of us that, you know, passes through degrees of, so-called awakening along the way okay and it's painful and many people don't want to many people can't afford to they have mortgages so they can't get awake can they right they can't speak out i don't okay it was just my choice i'm not special just my choice all right man so you know we're in a bad time not it's not over 
but the people that can speak out and have an opinion, counter-narrative or, or different perspective on things, they have to speak out, especially when it comes to the kids. Look, I have a responsibility to my parents, right, to my line, to my heritage, the Scottish heritage, okay, which you know a little bit about. Okay? I have a responsibility to those who came before and did everything for me to have the ability to even look at two sides to a question. They gave me that huge gift because that's all you need in life. All right. So I have a big responsibility to them. And guess what? They bestowed this responsibility on me that I am now responsible for the young people and the children. Right. If you walk around in this, this nonsense of this horror show and you don't speak out, then you're, you're doing a disservice to your ancestors and your children. And if you don't have children, to the children of your of humanity. And what else do we have? I've had my time. I'm, I'm, I'm incredibly privileged the time I've had in my life. Okay, man? Yeah. Okay, That's brother. the bottom line, Nikos. That's the okay. bottom line right there. And so you, everybody's got to make a stand now. And the stand starts with, please at least go and look at some of these things we've talked about today. And uh, make up your own mind. Mm-hmm. Okay, brother, let, let me just say a prayer just so that we get God involved. Well, he's, he's been involved, but... At the... Okay, dear Father in heaven, I pray for Mr. Roberts, myself, and those that listen to the show, and for the points covered. We pray, Lord, you are on the side of good, and yours, you have goodwill towards mankind. And you never says that the world would not have evil, but that we can resist the evil through you. And Lord, we just pray for angels to go out, protect your people Lord we pray that your purposes will be done on earth that those that would die to destroy mankind for their selfish gains would be thwarted by your wisdom and your people Lord we pray for these things in Jesus name Amen Amen Beautiful Okay that was Mr. Roberts Hey that was was great Nikos (laughs) We'll get you on Hopefully again. Hopefully you'll see me again. Yeah, we'll do a show. We <laughs> might do a, a combined show with some of the other characters that we've had on here. <laughs> characters is oh, a good that, thing, that you know. That would be fascinating. And uh, we'll, just, yes. we'll make it dynamic. And uh, yeah, I'll just, I'll just uh, have a chat to you after this. Okay, and I meant, yeah. yeah, and I meant what I said. I'd like to spend a little time with you talking about your things. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, well, thank you everybody for joining the show. That's for me and Mr. Roberts, and we'll um, stop recording now. See you again shortly. And the lattice is broken. And the barbecue's rusty. And the crows got the wings. All my babies at the bottom of the pool. Gary Webb is sitting there too. Hollywood is fine in the summertime. Got the gun nail. All my babies at the bottom of the pool. Gary Webb is sitting there too. Terracotta straight lines. My babies at the bottom of the pool with a cocktail dress. Gary's got a white orchid. Digital is mine, I mean you're not a best man. The digital is mine, I mean you're not a best man. Pick me, take me.